From the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome Tuesday, October 4th, 2022 for this morning's Cyber Hub Podcast and our show with the latest cybersecurity news and our practitioner brief. So we're going to get right into this morning's show but a quick announcement. One, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure to do so right now. If you're listening on your favorite podcast listening platform, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. Helps boost us up in the rating. Go to our YouTube channel at CyberHub Podcast. You can find all of the latest content. Four and a half years worth of content, folks. Four and a half years. Um, so there's something there for everyone uh, across the spectrum uh, for your cybersecurity and privacy listening uh, apparatus, whatever you choose to uh, tune into uh, and, and kind of get the latest on. So with that being said, make sure to subscribe. Number two, tomorrow, we won't have a show. Uh, it's Yom Kippur, Jewish Day of Atonement. I'll be uh, fasting as of tonight till very late tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday. And joining me is my very good friend, the CISA over at SMU and the author of the new book, Project Zero Trust, George Finney, will be joining me for the show on Thursday. So it's a very, very special show. Make sure to tune in. Tell your friends all about it. It is going to be an epic uh, live show on Thursday, folks. Yeah, we're doing it live, George and I. So we'll be giving you a recap of this week's uh, latest news. So with that being said, make sure you tune in 9 a.m. Eastern right here on YouTube, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere else you want to tune in and, and, and listen in on your favorite podcast listening platform or watch it on our YouTube or Rumble channels. Uh, you can catch it all there. Now, without further ado, let's grab our morning Double espresso. I've got mine. Uh, coffee cup. Cheers. Lovely. Let's get into this morning's show. And proxy not shell. So we started reporting on this yesterday, the new Microsoft Exchange zero-day vulnerability named proxy not shell that can be easily bypassed. So a mitigation was proposed yesterday by Microsoft and several other folks um, trying to uh, give uh, essentially organizations a way to handle CVE 2022-41040 and 41082 which would allow an attacker to remotely execute arbitrary code with elevated privileges. Kevin Baumont named the vulnerability proxy, not shell, due to the similarities dubbed proxy shell, uh, which were exploited last year. And unlike proxy shell, the new issue can only be exploited by an authenticated attacker, although even standard email user credentials are sufficient. The high severity flaws were discovered and reported to Microsoft by Vietnamese cybersecurity company GTS. See, whose researchers saw them uh, being exploited in August by threat actor believed to be linked to China. And if you don't think this goes back to solar winds, how wrong, how wrong would that thought process be? This is directly a result of a supply chain attack as sophisticated as solar winds was. And you're obviously, you know, we're we're just starting to see. I mean, a log4j, uh, a proxy shell, all were there uh, post solar winds. Uh, and they were being abused at tremendous levels. This one, uh, apparently it's so good. And that the Chinese were like, we're, we're not going to use this mass. We're only going to use it going after several organizations. That's that's how we're going to leverage it. So several workarounds uh, still don't work. There were some fake workarounds as well. So just be mindful of it. Make sure you're only looking at your uh, trusted security partners for advice on how to deal with this. Don't believe everything you read online some of the online stuff's been uh, proven to just uh, make the vulnerability even worse um so keep that in mind 
and we'll continue to monitor this one and then we'll probably talk about it again on Thursday. Um, live support service was hacked to spread malware in a supply chain attack. The official installer for the COM100 live chat application and widely deployed SaaS that businesses use for customer communication and website visitors was trojanized as part of a new supply chain attack. According to CrowdStrike, they say that the infected variant was available from the vendor's website for from at least September 26th until the morning of September 29th. Because the trojanized installer used a valid digital signature, antivirus solutions would not trigger any warnings at launch, allowing for a stealthy operation. CrowdStrike says the attackers implemented a JavaScript backdoor into the main uh, JavaScript file that is present in the following versions of the Comp uh, 100 Live Chat installer, version 10.0.72. Uh, and 10.0.8, there's a SHA-256 hash here. Um, so something to keep in mind, you can see all the links in the show notes, by the way. Um, if you're watching on LinkedIn, um, you'll see it. I believe it's the second link in the story link there. You can see all the SHA um, and so forth. Uh, this is, again, another China-based attacker suspected to this attack. So proxy now shall go to China. Uh, everyone's so focused on Russia. Not to say that Russia isn't bad, but... China's out there just playing around in everyone's backyard and everyone's looking through the fire going like, look at the Russians. The Russians ain't doing nothing right now. The Russians are too busy with the Ukraine and, and that situation has got to work itself out. Keep your eyes on China, folks. Um, also, uh, the, the C2 domains are hosted on Alibaba infrastructure. There, you know, There's uh, Chinese comments in, in, in the payload. So a whole slew of reasons pointing to China on this one. Optus says ID numbers of 2.1 million people were compromised in the data breach. So last week we talked about the Australian telecommunication company Optus that uh, had fallen victim to a cyber attack. We obviously spoke with their cybersecurity minister there going out and speaking out of their back end, unfortunately, uh, without really paying attention to the fact that, you know, if you want to build a private public relationship, you don't bash the victim of the crime. You actually want to help identify how this happened, irregardless to, um, whether or not they were negligent, you let the regulators and, and other entities uh, deal with that. And, and, and you remain kind of very crystal focused on how do we improve cybersecurity across the org and how to create a better private-public relationship. Either way, Optus now says 2.1 million of its customers had their numbers associated with their identification documents compromised as a result of the latest breach. The incident appears to have impacted the data of all of the 9.8 million customers in the Australian island, Australia has about 25 million people. So if you imagine this is about a third, uh, uh, a little over a third of their population. Uh, the wireless carrier says that only the records of uh, 1.2 million customers included valid personal ID. An additional 900,000 customers uh, had their data compromised, including numbers associated with expired IDs. Uh, they've also noted that Optus has reached out to all customers who had valid ID exposed to them. That personal data, such as driver license number and card numbers, were exposed, and a total of 14,900 valid medical ID numbers were also compromised in the attack. Um, and so uh, you can see that Australia is already, you know, the legislature are already, is already hitting at tougher data protection legislation in Australia. The question is, if you do that, do you make it so that uh, smaller businesses can't compete because of the stringent laws around data protection. So do you wipe out all the small businesses, which are really the backbone of most modern economies uh, for the sake of data protection, leaving only the big guys being able to handle the bureaucracy? Um, and then, you know, it's remains to be seen there.
by the way. CISA issued a new directive ordering federal agencies to regularly track network assets and vulnerabilities. The new binding operational directive that was issued yesterday directs federal agencies in the country to keep track of assets and vulnerabilities on their networks six months from now. To that end, the Federal Civilian Executive Branch Enterprise has been tasked with two sets of activities, asset discovery and vulnerability enumeration, which are seen as essential steps to gain greater visibility into the risks facing civilian networks. Uh, this involves carrying out automated asset discovery every seven days and initiating vulnerability enumeration across those discovered assets every 14 days by April 3rd of next year. In addition, having the capabilities to do so on demand uh, basis within 72 hours of receiving a request from CISA. Similar baseline vulnerability and enumeration obligations have also been put in place for Android and iOS devices, as well as other devices that reside outside of agency on-premise networks. The goal of the Binding Directive 23-01, it said, is to maintain an up-to-date inventory of networked assets, identify software vulnerabilities, track an agency's asset coverage and vulnerability signatures, and share that information to CISA on defined intervals, uh, CISA trying to get a handle on federal networks. And finally, Transit Swap, a cryptocurrency uh, uh, decentralized exchange, FYI, DeFi platform, said um, as they were robbed over the weekend uh, of $30 million, they said that the uh, attacker and criminal had returned just under $19 million to the platform, um, and all the refunds were provided by the same uh, individual. Transit Swap said it's still investigating the incident in an effort, in an effort to recover all of the stolen user funds. We hope that other uh, uh, actors who participated in the incident will return the user's assets as soon as possible to avoid escalation of the situation. This is according to Transit Swap. The company warned of fraudsters who may use the incident to steal more data or private keys to crypto wallet. So um, they were able to negotiate here. Um, something, getting something back is better than nothing at all. Folks, that's it for our show today. Again, Thursday, George Finney will be joining me to talk a little bit about his new book, Project Zero Trust, and the latest uh, news that are going on. So tune in for that. Don't miss it. Till then, have a great rest of your day. Uh, on Yom Kippur, it's the Day of Atonement for, 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 for uh, us Jewish people. It's a day where we repent for our sins. And as such, if I hurt you at all this year in any sort of way, whether intentionally or not, I do ask for your forgiveness. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe. See y'all Thursday. Till then, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.